Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. Chelsea Pottinger is a leading international motivational speaker and one of Australia's most popular corporate wellness presenters. She's an accredited mindfulness and meditation coach, as well as a mental health ambassador for Are You OK? and the Gidget Foundation in Australia. Chelsea founded her company EQ Mind back in 2016 with the goal of introducing high-performance mental fitness to the public and corporates. This year, Chelsea launched her book, The Mindful High Performer, a modern handbook for thriving. Her story is that she was a busy and burnt out entrepreneur who then suffered severe postnatal depression once she became a mum and ended up in a psychiatric ward. This is when she put on the handbrake and started researching the science behind meditation and mindfulness, leveraging these powerful tools to create a sustainable, productive habit that prioritized mental health. In this powerful episode with a truly remarkable wellness expert, Chelsea shares her experience and tips to reduce stress and burnout, how tapping into positive energy can transform performance, the specific tools for recharging physical and mental health, and the longevity rituals that are a non-negotiable for peak performance. I'm so delighted to introduce you to Chelsea Pottinger. Well, this is an exciting podcast for me because I get to have the amazing Chelsea Pottinger, uh, CEO of EQ Mind and soon to be published author um, on the show. Welcome to Ageless by Rescue Chelsea. Thank you so much for having me. I'm absolutely thrilled uh, to be here with you today. It's such an honor. We have such a lot to unpack. And um, for those of you who have maybe heard of Chelsea before and who are curious about executive coaching and wellness and mindfulness, Chelsea is uh, regarded as one of Australia's top uh, experts in this field. She works with um, some of the biggest companies, the highest level executives um, with her company EQ Minds. Um, I first met Chelsea Uh, on a Zoom uh, event with the Estee Lauder Group. And I know that you work with the executive teams there, you work with Google. Um, And I think that the topic that, you know, you and I have discussed and we both feel super passionate about is in the ageless framework, the new midlife crisis um, that's been triggered by hustle culture. And I'd love for you to share your story of what happened to you when you hit rock bottom. Yeah, so I know the the story of hustle and that constant cycle really, really well. So before I came down to this mental health psychology path in this new career, for 12 years, you know, I was in the corporate world. I was living in Sydney, uh, Rose Bay, and 12 hour days was kind of my vibe, you know, and then at nighttime, it's the alcohol, the glass of wine, the the gin to take the edge off the stress while I'm socializing with friends and clients. It's the limited sleep to wake up in the morning to go triathlon training. It's the three coffees to get to work. It's that hit of, you know, the pavement pretty hard. And it's that whole rise and grind mentality. Which was rewarded. 
which was absolutely rewarded. There are that many memes, you know, that are dedicated to the hustle culture and celebrating what's essentially a highway to hell. Absolutely. And I think even like when I was in corporate, we used to honor the CEO, almost like machismo kind of factor that when they would come in from an international flight at one in the morning, turn up to work at six in the morning, like, wow, you know, that's what it takes to get there, to get to the top. What a hard worker. And knowing what I know now, I'm like, wow, that is detrimental to not only their physical health, but their mental health and also your happiness in life. And so for me, I was had this moment of adversity that after giving birth to our gorgeous little girl called Clara, who's now seven, uh, I suffered something really severe called postnatal depression. And it hit me so hard that I actually ended up in a psychiatric hospital fighting for my life. I was, I was very unwell. I had suicidal ideation and going from someone who was a high performer into a place of a psych ward. I can tell you right now, there's nothing worse than waking up in a psych ward after giving birth to your firstborn. And it was a really interesting experience for me and a really enlightening one, to be honest, because now I look at back at that moment with a sense of gratefulness, because in that unit, I met the most amazing psychiatrist. She was such a weapon of a human being. I still write her cards every year to give her enormous love and gratitude. But she, after the end of the five weeks, I stayed there for five weeks. Clara was only, you know, nine weeks old in that unit. And at the end of the five weeks, you know, I got on medication. I started learning tools. I got healthier and stronger. And she said to me, Chels, why don't you think about studying psychology? Lee is a corporate world. I think you'd be a really beautiful one. You've seen through the lens of a very unwell patient. And two, you've got this very weird fascination with the brain. And, and three, you're a really kind, compassionate person. I think you'd be really good. And I thought, okay, <laughs> I'll do what it. What a pivot. Uh, what a pivot. And <laughs> so we moved, we moved from Sydney to a gorgeous little surf town called Jeringong, which is two hours south of Sydney and closer to my husband's family. And I went back to university. I'm still there studying at university psychology. I became a mindfulness and meditation coach. And my life now is just, I was always a happy person, but wow, like the level of joy and calm I feel now is, you know, kind of next level. I don't have the and bubbling anxiety or the constant pressure on myself, learning tools to really let go of that perfectionism and that there's another way. You don't have to hustle your way to the top anymore. Part of the hustle culture is also um, very much entwined with the health culture. Um, And Mm. certainly, you know, the past couple of years, we've seen um, conversations around health and you know, quasi experts in this space pop up and offer all sorts of advice and support. But I think it's really interesting, the work that you do. And, and one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on the show is that you're very much focused on the science of rejuvenation, longevity, um, revitalization, and you look at it from multimodal perspective. Uh, A lot of um, the work that you do with that, you know, C-suite executive uh, and corporations is around identifying um, the triggers and Mm -hmm. also making um, people understand that cortisol, which is the stress hormone, will not only kill you, but it will aid you. It will rob Mm -hmm. you of um, life force and Mm -hmm. um, can potentially be stopped. And you can, it's one of those things that you can actually uh, modify and claim back. 
So I want to talk to you first about uh, what you see in your practice uh, at that, you know, um, whether it's a mid-age or uh, a certain level of success. What are some of the um, signs of burnout that you see? And then let's talk about the triggers that lead to those burnouts and that spike in cortisol, which is the beginning of the end. Mm. So I think there's a few things, you know, like in terms of burnout, and I know my own symptoms when I'm getting burnt out, which will set me on a spiral of a mental health relapse. I'm very aware of these kinds of things. For me, and you might see this with high performers, is that they get very productive, almost like hyperproductive, where they take on more and more. And which sounds great, right? In theory, like imagine, you know, doing your tax while painting your house at the same time, like that all sounds fantastic. But where it actually gets dangerous is when it can kind of slip into mania and then you are not sleeping because you have got this overactive mind at nighttime and then it kind of perpetuates down into this very, very dangerous spiral. Some other things around, you know, what are people saying around you? Like there's, as an RUOK ambassador, we kind of say, okay, these are the signs and symptoms to look out for, whether it's burnout or for mental health decline. Things like if people are saying, hey, I'm feeling overwhelmed or I'm feeling burnt out, they're kind of signs or that, you know, you're having those conversations in your mind Two, what are people doing? Have you been noticing that you're now saying to cancel plans because you don't have the energy, right? To go out and social, which is absolutely fine. I think that's really important to be aware of that and set good boundaries. Are you noticing that you are now drinking more alcohol at nighttime as your coping mechanism? Are you more irritable? Are you noticing that your sleep's getting impacted? Are you midnight snacking? You know, it's just kind of owning this, like what we are unique to each individual. And the other thing to look out for is what's going on in your life. You know, have you just gone through a divorce? Has someone in your life just got sick? Has, you know, have you just had a baby? It could be a positive trigger that sets you off. Uh, so I think it's a couple of things of being aware and being really educated and empowered to notice what it is for you. And so I know my signs definitely. And I think that's a really important thing just to go inward and go, well, what is it? What is it when I do feel stressed? Do I get a stymie eye? Do I get um, a gastro kind of upset stomach? Do I get eczema? Do I get psoriasis in my hair? Do I get palsy? Like half my face will drop. These are like significant stress signs of going, hang on a second. I need to take a break. I need to probably go on a holiday right, and have a full reset if you're getting down to those kinds of levels. So I think it's just taking a time, maybe while you're listening to these podcasts and pausing and going, well, what is it for me? What is kind of my stress trigger? Yeah. It's really interesting that you should say that. And it's funny because I actually haven't talked about this before, but I remember, um, I think it must have been uh, seven years ago um, or eight years ago now that I had just gone through a divorce. I had a three-year-old. Um, I'd just renovated my house. And I'd written a book. Oh and goodness. as I handed in the manuscript to my book, to my publisher, I boarded a plane with my daughter to head to the US. And I literally remember feeling like something in me had like triggered. And I think I had some form of a breakdown. I think it was mm -hmm. some kind of like a, a, a physical shutdown. And really the, the book was the last straw I was on massive deadlines I, I just pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and when I got on that plane I slept and you know I was traveling with a three-year-old but I slept the whole way 
Um, mm. And not because I'd taken sleeping pills, because I was actually physically exhausted. And then I spent the next two years rebuilding my life mm-hmm. from the physical to the mental. And you talk a lot about resilience and you talk about the ability to, once you understand your triggers and once you have a routine in place, that resilience is different things for different people, depending on how you're built and how you're, uh, and what state of health you're in. But mm-hmm. I definitely have a high threshold for resilience, but I had hit my sub-zero reserves at that point. So similar to what you advocate, um, I had to get very granular. And I love that in your book, one of the things that you talk about, and I'll get you to expand on it, is the checks the physical checks that you immediately recommend for everyone. I talk about that a lot. And a lot of the experts that come on the show talk about hormone tests, blood tests. Tell us about the the basic tests that you recommend to your clients who are at that super high performer level. Yeah, so I would definitely go and see your doctor or integrative doctor. So I don't know if your audience know about integrative GPs. I think they're amazing. You know, they're GPs like doctors who go and do extra years study in blood work and gut health. And I really like them because they get to the root of the problem. So if you're here in Australia, the regulatory board here is ACNEM, so ACNEM.org. And so getting your bloods checked, I think is just super vital. Like every year we get our car tuned up. So why aren't we getting our bodies going in for a service as well? So January, that's kind of our time, right? We have an integrative doctor. I see my regular doctor. I speak to my psychiatrist. I speak to my psychologist. I have like this team of experts around me. And I need to make sure my bloods are okay, you know, in terms of to reach my goals for that year. It could be that my iron, my body finds it really hard to synthesize iron. So I have to make sure that that's in check as well as my vitamin D. Now I eat enough iron rich foods. I surf nearly every day, but for some reason my body really struggles with those two things. So every now and again, I might need a vitamin D spray underneath my tongue. I might need to go on an iron supplement for a month, but at least I know that my body then is humming along beautifully throughout the year. Another thing that I do is I get my microbiome checked. Now, for those of you that do like data, uh, there's so much information and Isn't research out there. The, the most eye-opening <laughs> test of all times. I'll get you to explain it. Yeah, so I, I would recommend Microba Official, which is where the doctors and, and scientists are up in Brisbane. And so it's as charming as what it sounds. You have to do a stool test and they will send you the kit and you do a stool test you send back the sample and then they analyze what's going on inside your gut in terms of your bacteria so a lot of people don't know that 90 percent of our serotonin which is our happy chemical is made inside the gut and 50 percent of our dopamine our reward motivation chemical is also manufactured there and it's really fascinating you know our bacteria has such an influence on our mental health we have like 15,000 species of different bacteria inside of our gut which is kind of gross, right? Like on a cellular level, but actually more bacteria, uh, which is gross, but it's really necessary that we understand that, that what we feed our body truly, truly matters. And so when you do this sort of diagnostic test, they'll send back a report saying, hey, do you know you have these kind of, um, too many of these kind of bacteria in terms of the baddies? Why don't you eat these, these kinds of foods for the next month or so? We'll starve those bacteria out and we'll feed up the good stuff. And so I love that. So I do that 
every year. It'd be a nice Christmas gift for your partner, maybe. Uh, so I make everyone do DNA tests. Like that's my Christmas gift for everyone. I really, I, I do the blood, I do the microbiome, I, I do DNA tests, um, and I encourage everyone to get testing. We know so little about our own dashboard. It's, yes, it's insane. You know, we, we'll sit in a hairdresser for hours. We'll go to the gym. You know, we'll learn so many different skills, but but then we don't actually know what's going on in the biggest kind of organi yeah. organism, which is us. That is so true. That's so interesting. Did you do my DNA? Do you do it through 23andMe? I did 23andMe uh, 10 years ago. And then and I've since had an overlay with a company in Canada called DNA Power. And I've actually interviewed the CEO of that because I absolutely love that company because exactly as you said, they do a full DNA analysis and then they'll make recommendations based on your genetics um, on diet, exercise, sleep, supplementation, which it, again, like that dashboard is fascinating. It's incredible. That's fantastic. I'm going to check them out. I didn't know about DNA power, but I am absolutely going to do that test. See, I've I think converted it's another one. <laughs> <laughs> the CEO will be there doing lots of happy dances. They, um, it's really interesting, I think, like, and you're absolutely right. I love your terminology then around your dashboard, like what's going on inside your body and data doesn't lie. That's what I love about science and about data. And, you know, when you're biohacking or checking out what's going on inside of your body, and I did a, a cheaper alternative called My DNA Life, which is just over the counter. You can pick it up at you know any kind of pharmacy, and the same the same kind of thing. It analyzes your genetic makeup, your DNA, and it, again it will let you know, like in terms of how fast it takes you to recover from a weights workout. Like, what is your collagen like in your skin? Are you likely to you know age well? Are you going to need some assistance from Botox? Are you? How do you metabolize coffee? Are you a fast metabolizer or a slower one? So then they'll give you recommendations on this is how many coffees you should be having. Um, and if you're sleep impaired, does it impact your DNA? For me, if I don't have a good night's sleep, and I, that consistently happens for two or three nights, my mental health goes like burnt, it's done. My husband, his DNA, and it, the DNA completely, you know, confirms that, the testing. For him, he can actually have uh, a disrupted night's sleep and actually function okay the next day. And you'll, you'll know that with your friends, right? Some people just need their sleep and others are kind of like six hour and they're just on. Uh, but I love that. I'm going to pop that into DNA Power and check that out. <laughs> so, oh, so you talked about, let's talk about hormonal tests because I'm 48, you're about to turn 41. Um, but the hormone tests aren't just for women or perimenopausal or menopausal. Hormone tests tell you a big story about where you're at, correct? And men hmm. need to do it too. I get all my male friends to check their hormones. It is extraordinary how many men are low in testosterone and how revitalized they feel from that one supplementation. And they would Absolutely. die if they ever, you know, at first they're like, no, it's, but yeah, like what a power um, hormone to up if you need Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, some men are very active and they lift weights and they do natural ways to elevate their testosterone. They're sleeping over seven hours a night and they, they're really active in the gym. Like my husband, I think his testosterone levels are off the charts. I'm like, babe, can you just like dial down your testosterone? I'm like, he's just constantly hitting me up. I'm like, babe, just, just leave me alone. All right. <laughs> um, That's a good but, husband to keep. You keep that one. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> we've been together for like 22 years. Um, and so he, he's a great guy, actually. Uh, so I think the hormones are really underrated. And I think it's, uh, do you just do your blood test through your doctor to get your hormones checked? Or yes, do you use I, another? I do. Yeah, so I have an anti-aging doctor. So um, I, I do uh, the full range of hormone tests every year. And then I take prescription DHEA. I, I take metformin for anti-aging, which is a diabetic medication that I've talked about before um, under her supervision, but it regulates blood sugar. Um, it stimulates collagen. It regulates um, fat burning. Uh, the DHEA is all the hormones that I need. I don't do HRT because I find the DHEA is plenty hormone management for me. Um, but yeah, it, it completely changed my performance. And if we're talking simply about energy, performance, mm. mental youth, uh, you know, physical drive, sexual drive, all the hallmarkers of youth, it was the hormone test that really changed the way that I live and the way that I turn up in the world for my daughter, for my friends, for my lover, all of those things. It was, it was just such a, it was a light switch moment again. And the blood test really helped me understand where my deficiencies were. So I was able to make modifications to diet. Um, mm -hmm. I take, uh, I get vitamin B12 injected when I'm feeling a bit low because I tend mm -hmm. to metabolize vitamin B very quickly and I always need it. I get my vitamin D injected because it lasts mm -hmm. longer and I, and I already take so many supplements. It was just one less supplement to take. That's incredible. Who's your anti-aging doctor? I work with Dr. Alia Nasser. And in fact, I interviewed her in this issue of Ageless magazine. She is a phenomenal um, doctor and she really changed my life. And again, I sent everyone to her. She's at the Verve Clinic in Willara in Sydney. That's amazing. Do you know what's so funny is that her books are going to be full, right? Like in terms of, so I've got an integrative doctor who is phenomenal, but I'm going to go and see your anti-aging doctor as well. And I recommended her at all my keynotes because I see about 5,000 people a week, right, at these keynote events. I used to speak about her all the time. And then she literally got book so booked out, she couldn't see me. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> I need to come hey, and see hey, you hey. still. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think that's just so, so important. And and also as we're aging, that whole, you know, that whole sexual um, function as well is such a key, important component. It's a, it's a youth marker. You know if you feel it's, youthful and vital, if you have a healthy sex drive, if you feel um, energised to enjoy that aspect of your life and without the enjoyment and without the energy to enjoy that aspect of your life, the knock-on effects are huge. That is, that's a really, really important conversation. So just for a complete vulnerable share here, so I'm on a medication called Zoloft, which is a SSRI. And my psychiatrist put me on that after having giving birth to Clara. I've come off it twice. I've had a relapse twice. So I'll be on this medication probably until I die at 95. And that's okay, right? I'm very high functioning. I sleep really well. I do everything in the toolkit. And this is what I always say to people when you're taking medication, you can't just rely on the medication. And we're not like doctors. We are under the care. And I always like to say, absolutely, this, don't do what I do. Go see the doctors. I'm absolutely. such an advocate for the science. Get your own team of anti-aging biohacking life affirming experts 
Yes, absolutely. And I think that's, that's really, really important. Like that's a huge disclaimer is that you must go and see an expert. Like you have to go and see a doctor. Every time I see my psychiatrist, which is once a year, I talk to her about this kind of stuff, right? Because one of the side effects of Zoloft is uh, sexual dysfunction for both genders. And so you notice, you'll notice, not everyone, but some people notice whether it's the side effect of a bit of weight gain or whether it's a side effect of sexual dysfunction. So your libido might drop uh, or you might not be able to orgasm or whatever that is. And I was having a conversation to her about this for me. And I look a lot at the research because I'm at university. So I'm always looking at PubMed SSRIs because when you're taking something, you want to know everything about it. One nice silver lining of SSRIs is that some of them actually produce more uh, neurogenesis in the hippocampus in the memory center. And I noticed that on Zoloft, it's like a performance drug for me. I actually have a sharper memory on it. So I like that component of it. But the sexual dysfunction thing is a, is a thing. So I called my psychiatrist last November. And I said, it's unacceptable. I'm 40. <laughs> we need to talk about this and find a solution. So uh, Wellico, which is a just a supplement company at oh, David I Jones. Take the, I take their supplements too. Oh, do you? How good Ooh, are the greens? So, so she, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And amazing for your skin too. Amazing for your skin. Like, so I who take would have thought Elle oh, McPherson, uh, uh, what a health entrepreneur. Like, wow. Phenomenal. And I love her product because it's partnered up with a PhD integrative doctor. So it was kind of like yes, face I've watched her, her on, uh, on Zoom and webinar presentations too. Yeah. Yes. She's great. And so November comes around and Willico sends me this gift pack. I've got my greens, but then they send me this libido supplement. So I, call, I speak to my psychiatrist. I'm like, before we switch medications, what do you think of this? She's like, oh, let me go and research it, right? So it doesn't contraindicate with the SSRI I take. She's like, I'm happy with this. Like, go for it and let me know, right? Because if it works for you, I'll tell other patients. And um, and it was great. It actually, it really impacted. Chelsea's back. Chelsea was back on good form and now it's sold out. And I think maybe, am I talking about it too much? Like, is his product now selling out? Um, but what, what my whole thing is, is that, and, and to really re sort of highlight what you said you have to speak to your experts you know don't go ingesting products into your body until you go and speak to your expert doctor or your psychiatrist or your psychologist uh and also and this is why i'm interested in seeing your anti-aging doctor to speak about maybe it is on that hormone check maybe something's just gone a little bit off you know and we change and we change that's exactly to your point the fact that you do it like um, january comes around and you do your whole suite of tests 365 yeah. days, a lot can happen. <laughs> and certainly in the past two years, we've seen, you know, dramatic changes in stimulus and input and stress. And, you know, our bodies have started to behave differently. Um, mm. I, you know, it's funny because I speak to a lot of people and they say, a lot of them will say, I feel younger, I look younger. And you say, why? And they go, you know, I did more exercise. Um, I was, uh, I didn't wear makeup. Uh, I was, I started meditating, doing mindfulness practices, biohacking things, you know, all those walks that we went on as our only activity. But other people will say, I've aged, you know, 10 years. Why? I fought with my partner the whole time. I drank mm -hmm. like a fish. I wasn't sleeping due to stress. So, you know, it's been a really impactful couple of years where it would be really worthwhile to get to know your dashboard. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that needs to be like a quote of yours. <laughs> Maybe we can make some ageless t-shirts. Watch it. Yeah. Know your dashboard. <laughs> 
So going fantastic. back to your um, checklist that's in your book, and I love that you've written a book. Thank God you've written a book because it's so nice to have a physical thing or uh, that you can have all of this information and checklists on. Let's talk about what you see when, you know, when you have these clients that have come to you at the point of burnout. So we talked about the physical tests and that checklist that you uh, is your go-to, which again, I really applaud. I love that, you know, you're a mindfulness coach, but you really understand the physical impact of stress, cortisol spikes, life changes, the hustle culture. What are the other things that you um, maybe some practical tips that you get them to start working on that can help? Yeah, so I think a few things, like if they are feeling burnout, like I would actually get them to <clears throat> take on some things to help reduce their stress. So whether that's through meditation, which has just been so clinically studied now, whether that's uh, to do some breathing activities, whether that's to do a practice of gratitude journal. And again, our whole thing is to actually make sure that we give them a buffet of tools so they're not you know, so they can lean up against something that they really enjoy, right? There's no point, you know, doing everything and not everyone's going to warm to absolutely every single tool. So I always talk about it as like this buffet of like this, this toolkit that they can do. Um, so I, those kinds of stress management practices, another couple of things that I get them to do is cut out their triggers. So things like alcohol like if i when i have my mental health i've had two now these mental health relapses and again the trigger was because i pushed myself too hard i signed a book deal you know similar story to yours where i actually had it in a really happy time like we trained a hundred thousand people we bought a house i signed a book deal the deadline was too tight and i relapsed and the beautiful thing is i now know my science i can act very very quickly and just own it right like i just called my psychiatrist the next day i told her what happened she's like it's okay let's get you straight back onto zoloft let's pause the company for a month and, and double down on self-care and two of those things i'll do straight away when i'm feeling like that is i cut out alcohol and caffeine now when you are stressed and you're burnt out and you're in the trenches i can guarantee you right now you don't want to drink alcohol and you don't want to have coffee because you want to recover you're in this kind of rehab right so you want to recover as quickly as you possibly can to get yourself back on track because when you are burnt out or you're feeling like you just you got nothing left to give not only do you suffer but so do the people around you the people that you love the most in this world like my daughter clara and my husband jay so i need to recover as quickly as what i know possible now you're an athlete I... right you're a former athlete yeah do you think that some of the things that you learned in that professional athletic space have been uh influential in the way that you see your clients and what you talk about and the research that you're doing are, are some of those performance tools about recovery resilience um you know, understanding your stress triggers. Are they, you know, part of your earlier training as as an athlete? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the thing that I loved about playing basketball and I, I played at a Division One college level, so for Oklahoma uh, back, you know, when I was 18. That's hardcore in the US. I mean, that's, you, you know, you, you're big, not a cheerleader cool. turned um, basketball player. You have to be at a certain level. I've lived in the US. Yeah. I did high school there and... It's, it's a sport. It's a sport. It's it's actually wild. So I had the choice of staying here and playing with a, with Melbourne in the WNBL or I had this opportunity to go to America and I got a few scholarship offers over there. 
And I remember turning up and I was so used to turning up to basketball in Albury and there'd be like my mum and dad and, and Lauren Jackson's parents in the stand and that'd be it, right? Just our parents in the stand. You get to Oklahoma in your first NCAA game, there's like 50,000 people in the grandstand and you're like, what? And there are scouts on? in the audience. So you're, you're not just performing for the game, but this is serious. Like there are scouts there. They, there's sponsorship deals on the table. There's a lot going on. A lot going on. And I give a lot of gratitude to that period of time in my life because it did teach me a lot of stuff. It taught me around, you know, the discipline that it's all around compounding interest with your health and well-being. It's the little one percenters every single day that build on each other. It's not, we don't turn up to Oklahoma to play basketball and we just train the day before and go on the court the next day. It is like years of training to fine tune the athletes. It's things like really respecting your sleep and them sharing us with that, that kind of knowledge that sleep is there for performance, for peak performance, and also for longevity. It's things like stretching your body, which so many people, I wonder how many people stretch. Do you stretch? Like I stretch yeah. every day. And I think it's like built into the brain. Yes. Um, from, you know, sporting careers and why it's so important we stay limber and flexible as we age. And then it's things like, you know, they, they were really good on practices like visualization, which I didn't really give much credit to back then, you know, we'd, we'd have to sit there and visualize the basketball going through the hoop. They didn't really give us a deep dive into the science, why that was so effective. But now I'm at university, I'm like, wow, my coaches were onto it. You know, like where your mind goes, your energy goes there and your synaptic connections fire. So it's like, okay, well, that's great, right? In terms of goal setting and all those kinds of things. So I'm very grateful for my sporting career. It really helped me out a lot, I think, from a resilience point of view as well. Like I learned an incredible tool that I now see at university and it's Carol Dweck's work. But my coach used this with me when I was younger. And I remember like this is pre Oklahoma basketball days, but I remember turning up. I was like 15 and my I'm, I'm trying out right for this um, state team. And Lauren Jackson's there. So that's kind of the caliber of player, right? Very competitive. I'm like, no pressure. Well, I was right? going so to say, I can't imagine Chelsea Pottinger being kind of like a hobby basketball player. The, the, <laughs> the trajectory of your life does point to overachievement at every point. <laughs> so she, um, so we're there, right? And at the end of the weekend, they call your name out. A bit like a sports carnival, right? Where you sit down, they call your name out who's on the team. And I'm sitting there and my heart's kind of beating through my chest because my destiny was about to be revealed. And the answer was, was no, right? Because that's life. And so I'm devastated and a little bit deflated. I call my coach and I was crying and I said, you know, coach, I didn't make the team. And do you know what he said to me? He said, Chels, you're just not good enough. And I thought, thanks coach. That's, <laughs> that's a good pep talk. But then he said something that was so profound. He said, you're just not good enough yet. You see, yes is a good word, but, but yet is just so powerful because what yet does at the end of that sentence is it takes the full stop off your potential and tells us that success still lies ahead. And he said to me, you're just not good enough yet. However, if you come to the Aubrey Basketball Stadium with me at 5 a.m. every morning and train and we make basketball your sole focus, we train your weight regime, we change your diet, Six months from now, you might make, you know, the, the national team where you compete at the, uh, the Australian Junior Championships. And, you know, you fast forward six months from there and, 
and I made the team in, in short, I made the team first draft. I was the second draft pick first draft was was obviously, and I was okay to be her number two girl. But the reason why I share that story, and the reason why now at university, I see Carol Dweck's work and the reason why it's such a beautiful resilience hack is because he was absolutely right. You know, I wasn't good enough. However, with a different approach, I could be. And that was such a driver for me. You know, that made me work so hard to achieve that goal. And I think about, you know, with postnatal depression and when my psychiatrist, my wise counsel, when I was in the hospital, really unwell, and I was saying to her, why has this happened to me? Like, I'm a nice person. I'm a kind person. Like, why do I have anxiety? She's like, Chelsea, it's not about being nice or not. It's a vulnerability that you have. But I want you to tell me about a time that was hard for you that you didn't think you'd get through, that you had to face it with a lot of motivation and perseverance and grit. And do you know where my mind went? It went back to that basketball experience like 20 years prior. Wow, so that had just solidified in your mind and your, you know, your neural pathways knew how to get yourself there if you just kind of paused and remembered. The maze said, was already there. That, you know, you can get through this. And... And she was right, you know, and I think about, you know, in life, right, it's okay to hit the pavement. It's okay to have tough times. In fact, it's inevitable if we are living a balanced life. And it's within those challenges, that's where we grow. That's where the grit is. That's where we form up our, our resilience. So my coach was onto it, you know, when I was 16. And then I think about that all the time. I use that language with our daughter, Clara. Mummy, I can't skip. Mummy, I can't ride my bicycle. She used to say that to me when she was two. And I'd say to her, get my sweetheart, get. However, if you watch me do it, we look at some videos on it, you practice hard, guess what's going to happen? You will. And now I know that she has a growth mindset because she'll come to me and say, Mummy, I can't surf yet. However, if you pay for my surfing lessons, <laughs> I'll become a champion. I'm like, yeah, a champion negotiator. Uh, but oh, we want that for them. It's wonderful. Isn't that beautiful? Because now I know that Clara will, she will actually put in the hard work and it's not about, per, you know, practice makes perfect. It's about practice makes progress in this life. It tells us that we need to work hard, you know, to get where we need to go. So yeah, that's, you know, my basketball experience has taught me a lot about resilience. So if we were to reframe that in the context of, you know, ageless, so if someone is listening to this podcast and they can identify with some of the triggers of burnout or, um, you know, a decline in any of the key markers that make them feel vital, healthy, sexy, beautiful. Um, if we applied that framework of, you know, anything is possible, you might mm -hmm. not yet be at your peak. Um, mm -hmm. What would be some of the, and I love that in your book, you talk about the, the fact that our mind is so malleable, you can rewire habits, you can absolutely repath the way that you do things that you thought were inevitable. What mm -hmm. in, in that ageless framework, what, what do you suggest we do if we have not seen ourselves as a healthy, vital, vibrant, fit uh, person who puts a priority on our mental wellness, on our physical wellness? Mm. That's a really, really good question. And I think, you know, in terms of that whole thing, sometimes we have these limiting beliefs. I'll never be able to sleep well. I'll never be able to, you know, age gracefully. I'll never be able to have the energy that I need. If you think about it in that framework, 
yet, right, is the enabler. And then you need to think about some little action, like, however, if I, and I love that because that kind of puts up action against the lesson. However, if I start honoring my sleep hygiene, maybe the first thing I do is I pick up the book by Dr. Matt Walker and I read that and I get some really great tips and tools from his book. It's a great book. Isn't he amazing? He's one of our friends. He's an absolute legend of a neuroscientist, psychiatrist, and he's just such a palatable, like the way he speaks, he's charming. We've got a massive brain crush on, on Matt Walker. Um, but it could be that, right? Like you just go, you know, if I start honoring my sleep, if I take on a stress management tool, if I book in a massage weekly, right? Because that's a necessity. That's how I view that in my life. Like I get a massage every Sunday. My therapist comes over. She massages Jay, me and Clara. Uh, and that's just locked in. Again, it's like that whole don't wait, you know, don't wait till tomorrow to start today about these little things that you can do. Maybe it's the, you you get, you know, the green supplement, right? And you start that in the morning. Maybe it's you go get your, your very first step after listening to this podcast. You're like, that's it. I'm calling my doctor. I'm booking in to get my bloods checked. So it's just taking these first initial steps that compound And what does it do to the brain when you, when you do that, when you take that initial step, I'm really curious because you talk about this a lot in your book and also in your uh, speaking, um, what, what message does it send to you when you start to take those first steps? Yeah, so the brain kind of loves routine and it loves patterns. And so it forms, you know, it starts to form these beautiful little habitual loops. So it's about 21 days in the short term memory and about 66 days on average for the long term memory. But that's okay, right? It's just these consistency versus intensity. And the beautiful thing is like the brain, I think people don't realize that the brain is neuroplastic, like it kind of needs to be shouted from the rooftop, you know, like we all get this deck of cards from our genetics, but how we play them is totally up to you. And you can actually change that all the way until you you die. And I think people think you just got this fixed brain. It's just not true. So things like play even um, unlocks your prefrontal cortex to make it less rigid. So you can actually embrace change and look at things in a different perspective. Meditation helps decrease the amygdala, your stress and anxiety center. So you can be less reactive and calmer. Uh, and so there's just so many great things that you can start doing. I think one of the greatest gifts that we have, because as we do age, the shell ages, but what doesn't age, you know, is our spirit and soul. And also we can stay super sharp up here in the brain, just like we take our bodies to the gym. We should be taking our brains <laughs> to the gym as well. Right. And giving it a good workout. Well, I, you know, the Mindful High Performer is, is such a great title for your book, but I really hope that by listening to some of these practical steps that people understand that, you know, exactly as you said, your genetics may be the, um, the cards that you were dealt, but how you play them, the epigenetics and what you can do uh, in your day-to-day life, in, in the choices that you make with your diet, with your exercise, with your sleep, with your mindfulness practices, uh, with your exercise, can dramatically and relatively quickly transform Mm -hmm. um, your life. When I wrote my book, Rescue Me, at the beginning of the book, I had this thing called the pyramid of beauty. And it's not what it sounds like because what I kind of did, it was kind of like a play on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. But Mm -hmm. what what I said is that, you know, physical beauty is 
just the pointy bit. It's the cherry on top. The, the pillars that make anyone feel beautiful, vital, um, energized are, are really the things that we don't see. It's the under the iceberg stuff, what, like you talked about, you know, a vital relationship, um, financial uh, wellness and security, um, health, um, you know, all, all these different pillars. And then, you know, the beauty, you, you always shine most brightly when all of those other aspects of your life are taken care of. And that's what I really try to do with Ageless is, is to talk about all the things that make us ageless. And I really want to thank you for the incredible insight that you've brought to this conversation, a really important piece of that ageless puzzle. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And also, enabling another voice in terms of getting the message out there right that self-care is so important it is not selfish it is there for self-preservation and we have to take care of ourselves every day and i i feel like the more volume that gets kind of turned up on this kind of awareness imagine a globe right that looks like that where we help each other you know one step kind of one breath or one tool at a time that excites me so thank you so much for having me. I've, I've absolutely loved our chat. I feel like I'm just catching up with a girlfriend. For I a know, coffee. for me too. And I've been wanting to meet you for such a long time and to have a one-on-one -on -one chat with you. So you've spoiled me today as well. Um, Chelsea Pottinger, thank you so much. Uh, the Mindful High Performer is out. It's uh, published by Murdoch Books, I think. Yes? Yeah. Congratulations. I'm super excited yeah. for you and excited for anyone who is lucky enough to work with you or to learn from you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me today. Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy, Reignite Your Relationship course. Love your relationship but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, re-spark intimacy and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did, please share and rate this episode. I'd love that.